Hi, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of a Trophy Life podcast. This is Bob Rathman greeting you from Atlanta and welcoming you in for another week to our podcast, which is brought to you by Warner, the official sponsor of the Warner Ladder Naismith Coach of the Year Awards and the official ladder of professional contractors everywhere. Warner, the number one pro ladder. Step up your game with Warner Ladder. Go to stepupwithwarner.com to learn more. We edge ever closer to the start of the college basketball season, and we begin our podcast this week with some great news to share that Jersey Mike's Subs becomes the new title partner of the Naismith Trophy, honoring the most outstanding men's and women's college basketball player annually. They have previously been the title sponsor of the high school Naismith Trophy, so they now are the first company ever to sponsor all four Naismith Trophies. We are excited to see their role with the organization expand, and they will continue to sponsor our News and Notes section of the podcast. And the News and Notes comes your way right now. A couple of conferences have announced their preseason players of the year in the American. That goes to Caleb Mills of Houston. And in the Big East, it's Marcus Zagorowski of Creighton. So congratulations to those two young men as they are honored as the season gets underway. The Big East also making news on Media Day. They have established an award for former Georgetown head coach John Thompson that will recognize efforts to fight prejudice, discrimination, and advance positive social change. It will go either to an individual, a team, or an institution. So congratulations to the Big East on that. The biggest news, of course, came earlier in the week when ESPN announced that they will not be holding college basketball tournaments in the Orlando bubble. Monday, ESPN events said that it had set out to create a protected environment in Orlando for teams to compete in the events that they operate, but those plans changed due to certain challenges surrounding testing protocols. So now we've got 10 college basketball tournaments and doubleheaders that are sort of up in the air that includes the Champions Classic that annually features Duke, Kansas, Kentucky, and Michigan State, as well as the preseason NIT, the Jimmy V Classic, and the Orlando Invitational. Now more on the schedules coming out day by day, and hopefully we'll have more for you, uh, some firm plans next week on the podcast. Now this from Jersey Mike's. Good things come to those who wait. At Jersey Mike's, they also come to those who don't. Download our app, order ahead, and skip the line. Cut to the Chase by Jersey Mike's. Be a sub above. My guest this week is a coach who has done it all. College, pros, internationally with USA Basketball. It's Nell Fordner, the head women's coach at Georgia Tech, joining us this week. She has done something that will probably never be duplicated in USA Basketball, coaching that team to over 100 wins all-time. And that capped, of course, the 2000 Olympics with gold medal in Sydney. An accomplished player on not only the hardwood, but also the volleyball court, playing for legendary coach Jody Conrad at Texas. And she was a middle hitter on a 1981 AIW championship volleyball squad. Coached under the greats in the game, Gary Blair, Leon Barmore, head coach at Purdue, Auburn, in the WNBA with the Indiana Fever, and most recently completed a second stint 
as an analyst at ESPN. So she really has done it all. Great to catch up with her. We get her insights on her amazing career as we check in with Georgia Tech's Nell Fortner. Great to be catching up with Nell Fortner, now the head basketball coach, of course, at Georgia Tech, back in this wild, crazy game uh, as a head coach. And Nell, uh, boy, it's so great to hear your voice and uh, catch up with you. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Bob. Thank you. And when you say wild and crazy, yeah, especially now you throw a pandemic on top of it. How's that? Exactly. How are you surviving through all this? Yeah, it's been, it's definitely been a challenge. Um, But everything, you know, everything's going well. We're back on the practice court and really just um, constant reminding our players to stay diligent with uh, their health. Um, Everybody's depending on everyone to do the right thing every day. Wear a mask social distance, wash your hands, everything like that. And, you know, hopefully we can um, get safely through this season and, and, and experience some success. Now the big question, Nell, do you have a schedule? <laughs> well, we do. It's coming together. Um, we're going to play uh, five non-conference games, and then we'll play 20 ACC games. So um, nothing been released yet because it's just, you know, it just takes some time to get all the contracts um, done and signed and, and make sure you don't have any conflicts here or there with your ACC schedule. So, um, but, but I feel good about what's, what we will release here soon. Well, knowing how uh, much control freaks coaches are uh, to have your schedule usually well in advance of this time of year, certainly before practice starts, uh, and then this pandemic blows everything up and everything's uncertain and you don't know where and if we'll even have a season uh, when we think back to the summertime I know you're anxious just to take it day by day well and that's what you have to do because things can can change uh, in a heartbeat so you have to be very flexible right now um, and you just have to uh, really be prepared to to pivot and uh, turn and go the other direction quickly but but really so far so good for us um in, in not having to make a lot of changes or, or do anything drastic so the kids are working hard that's the main thing their attitudes are great uh, we're, we're able to to work and, and and get get a lot accomplished and um i tell you the season's going to be here before you know it now this past friday night i had a chance to call the georgia tech volleyball game against clemson yes and uh that got me to thinking how's your volleyball game you know, you back in the day, you were something else. Well, back in the day, that was a long time ago. But you know, I love volleyball. I, I thoroughly enjoyed playing it, but my heart was always with basketball. But I do it. I enjoy. Um, I haven't been able to get to any of our volleyball games yet here at Georgia Tech. I went to a lot of them last year, but man, we're pretty good this year. I'm excited for Michelle and what what they're they're accomplishing right now. Um, going to be weird to, to stop their season though and pick it up in the spring but i'm just happy they're being able to play also yeah they are they are very very good now you've done everything in this game uh you've got a record with usa basketball it's never going to be broken over 100 wins as a coach a gold medal etc you've coached collegiately uh you've coached in the pros there, you've been two stints at espn there isn't anything in this game you haven't done and the big question to me is, why did you want to get back into it as a head coach at Georgia Tech? Well, you know, I, I get asked that a lot. And, and really, 
a couple of reasons. First of all, in my last year, uh, as I was calling games for ESPN, and really loved that job, enjoyed it tremendously. Um, but in that, during that year, I, I really started feeling the urge again to coach, and and so uh, you know, I wasn't going to just take any job or jump back in it for any job. Um, when the Georgia Tech job opened, it, this is having coached at Auburn for eight years. I recruited against Georgia Tech. I constantly saw Georgia Tech as I drove past it to go recruiting. Um, so it, it was just it was something that I, I knew that this was a, a really good job. I knew it had tremendous potential. It had experienced some success um, in its uh, in in, the, in its day. I just felt like academically it could recruit worldwide and then and provide a tremendous education, but also basketball-wise, there's so much talent in Georgia. And just to be able to have a program to that kids in Georgia want to stay home and play at, I knew we could do that, and that's exactly what we're going to do here. And you're in one of the greatest conferences for women's basketball that there is, the exactly. Atlantic Coast Conference. Exactly. That was another piece of it. The ACC is such a strong women's basketball conference. There was just so much potential here that I just could not. Uh, it was uh, it interested me. It interested me right away. Now you played for uh, a legend in Jody Conrad. Uh, you worked with legends like Gary Blair and Leon Barmore. As you look back on on your coaching philosophy and what you're trying to do now with Georgia Tech, et cetera. Um, where do you think the biggest pieces of your philosophy came, and how has it changed over the years? You know, um, I think one of the biggest pieces from learning from Gary and Leon both, um, they were taskmasters. They were driven. They were very uh, – practices were really hard. They were tough. They were probably a lot tougher than the games were. But they held players accountable. They wanted perfection. You know, they were driven for perfection. And, and, you know, we know we're not going to get perfection, but you're constantly striving for it. And if you hold kids accountable uh, to a certain, you know, whether it's a drill, whether it's a scrimmage, whether it's uh, – it doesn't matter. You hold them accountable. You want it done the right way, and, and then it becomes a habit. So I learned that early on with them, and I think it's, it's very – it's still very, very important today to hold kids accountable um, for what you're trying to to do, whether it's in a drill or you know, or winning a ball game, so the only difference between that doing that now, kids um, now just uh, maybe they're just you have to maybe voice how you're going to do that a little differently than what Leon and Gary did. They were um, they were tough. I mean, they were really really tough. I don't know if you could be as tough as they were today. When I think back on some of those practices. Um, but the accountability piece, um, there's no excuse for um, not doing things, you know, the right way or, um, you know, there, there's consequences for that. So, but we're just trying to create great habits here and you have to hold, you have to make that very consistent day in and day out. A lot of coaches that we've spoken with have said, yeah, the kids are a little different these days, but they do ask a lot of why questions and when you can supply the reason why you're doing something that you get the buy-in and you get the you can go hard and and demand excellence do you find that to be true well you know i've i've always been um i consider myself a teacher first i've always enjoyed teaching 
And so I, I feel like I explain things pretty well. So there's not – I don't get a lot of why questions because I think it's pretty um, – it's laid out there pretty pretty easy for the players to understand and what we're trying to do. What I do find is I, I don't always get the effort that I want consistently, and that's where I have to hold them accountable to that effort. Mm. And it's not that they don't have the ability to. They're just not used to it. They're coming here from high school. They've never been held accountable at the high school level for consistent effort. And so now they're having to learn that consistent effort, how to, how to sustain effort. I find that's something that, um, that I'm having to really um, have patience with but, but holding kids accountable to. Um, the other thing is kids coming from high school, especially the best players coming from their high school, they've never really been coached hard. So now they're getting constructive criticism every day. Sometimes that's hard for them to swallow. They don't know how to handle that. Or, or they look at it more in negative terms rather than, hey, this is just coaching. This is teaching. This is showing you this isn't right. We, this is, that's wrong. This is right. And it's hard sometimes for them to swallow it. But I tell you what, I'll give my freshmen a lot of credit. They, they've come in. They've understood that. We've taught them how. Um, to understand it, and they're getting better every day at being extremely coachable. And now with the United States team, of course, you coached the greatest players this country's ever produced. So you've got a lot of examples to show them. Hey, <laughs> Listen, uh, this is how the greats in the game did this. Right, right. And, and, you know, the greats in the game, it's not like they're doing some superpower drill to get better every day. They're doing the fundamental things day in and day out at a high level over and over and over again. And that's, you know, that's a big reason why they're so great. You know, the Olympians that I coached were constantly challenging coach, the coaching staff, how are you going to make me better? Hey, make me better. What else you got in that? What else do you have? What else can I do? Um, how much harder can I do this? So it was, there's definitely a, that was a different level in coaching, and, and you had to be really creative and really um, on top of your game coaching them. And with these younger players, you have to get them to understand that they have to get to that level. You've got to want that kind of drive to get better. You have to want that kind of um, that, that, that effort and bring it every day to get better. But I enjoy it. I love this challenge of, of teaching these young players all about that. It, it motivates me every day. In between Purdue and Auburn, of course, you, you coached in the pros of the WNBA with Indiana. And I wanted to ask you about the fever. Um, as Did you enjoy it, and what did you learn from it? Yeah, I did enjoy it, um, and I, I did that for three years. And probably what I learned the most from, from it was that I am a better college coach. I enjoy the, the 18 to 22-year-old who you have to teach so much at the beginning of their career. There's a lot they need to learn about work ethic, about, um, you know, consistency, discipline. I enjoy that time frame of a, of a kid's life. Um, the pros, they're already grown. They're adults. Um, it's all strictly X's and O's with them. And I just enjoy the, the whole um, teaching player development and, and helping a young woman grow from a teenager to a young woman when they graduate. I enjoy that time period. So that's probably what I learned the most. Uh, I learned that most about myself and what I enjoy about coaching. 
Now, you had two stints at ESPN, uh, and you, you mentioned earlier how much you loved it. What did you learn about the media by working at ESPN that you can relate to in your current job? And what did you learn about the media as it applies to the media? Oh, gosh. You know, um, I think that before I worked at ESPN, I worried too much as a coach about the media. You know, like, oh, my gosh, I can't let them in my locker room. I can't – they might tell somebody. They might, you know, I can't let them see this. That I I was – you're worried way too much about the wrong thing. The media is trying to put a good product on on the TV for their – for the eyeballs, right? So um, the the coach is, we just do your job, you know, just do your job and say whatever you want to say. The media is not out to, you know, to expose some something that you say in your locker room pregame, it, you know. Um, so it's just the media is trying to put on a good a good product, and that's I learned that a lot because we always wanted to have a great show, whether we were in the studio, whether we were calling a game. And so we were trying to do our best just as well as the head coaches were trying to do their best, you know. So we all wanted the same thing and the same outcome. Um, you just – coaches just can't worry too much about the media. It, it's just you're worrying about the wrong thing. That's – I think that's something that stood out to me. Well, now thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. We know you're a busy lady with everything going on, juggling all these balls in the air right now. But yeah. we – we appreciate you taking time. We can't wait to catch up and watch the Jackets this winter. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate the opportunity to be on your podcast. Nell, thank you very much. Best of luck to you and the Yellow Jackets this season. That will do it for this week. Once again, exciting news. Jersey Mike's becoming the new title partner of the Naismith Trophy for the outstanding men's and women's college basketball players annually. Thank you to Jersey Mike's, and thank you, of course, to Warner, the official sponsor of the Warner Ladder Naismith Coach of the Year Awards. That'll do it for this week. Until next week, Bob Rathman from Atlanta saying so long.